Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, May 31st, 5.29 a.m. Central Time. Grain markets under some pressure again this morning. July corn futures down six and three quarters at 587 and a quarter. December corn down eight and a half at 516 and three quarters. July soybeans down 14 and a quarter at 1282 and a quarter. November soybeans down 13 and a half at 1139 and three quarters. July Chicago wheat down 13 cents at 578. July Kansas City wheat down 11 and three quarters at 772. Uh, July spring wheat down eight at 785. Mackenzie, it's not just the grain markets that are under pressure. Let's talk about the uh, commodity complex in general. So the commodity complex continues to weaken. The Bloomberg Commodity Index posted its lowest trade since December of 2021 to start the week. The Goldman Sachs Commodity Index also fell to its lowest level since late 2021. Sharply lower prices of both energies and grains were contributing factors. All of the gains associated with Russia's 2022 invasion of Ukraine have been erased. Okay, few, so oh, go sorry, ahead. excuse me. Um, a few <laughs> markets, including uh, cattle, precious metals, orange juice, sugar, and cocoa, have uh, they've been able to buck the trend. Yeah, a few commodity markets have been strong. The energies and the grains are the two big things that have dragged these indexes lower. Um, OPEC and, and Saudi Arabia, in particular, has there's some infighting going on within OPEC. So Russia is not an OPEC member; they're an OPEC plus member which is like they're not they're not part of OPEC but they follow the initiatives and uh, Moscow continues to, this is from a business insider Saudi Arabia is growing annoyed with Russia as Moscow continues to pump cheap crude oil into the market the increased supply of oil from Russia is helping push oil prices below levels that Saudi Arabia needs to fund its mega projects so this crude oil market's down to like 60 bucks or 68 bucks in the uh, WTI this morning um, back below 70 um, that's helped to drag this thing lower you're Goldman index is cheap as well. If you guys are looking at the chart on my screen here, this is the Bloomberg Commodity Index. This tracks a basket of energies, grains, metals, uh, softs, livestock, you name it. You had your big rally out of COVID in 2020, your kind of inflation rally through 21 and into 22. Then Russia invades Ukraine in uh, spring of 22. And we've really done nothing but trend lower since like the middle part of last year. And we made the, the uh, lowest print in this particular index since late 2021. So yeah, some of the stuff in the grain markets uh, absolutely has to do with weather and supply and demand. But this is just a, it's a bad look. It's a bad thing in, in terms of sentiment, the way uh, managed money is positioned, uh, all of those things. U.S. buyers are believed to have purchased about 60,000 tons of EU origin wheat last week. The wheat is being sourced from Poland and Germany and is expected to be shipped in July. U.S. wheat has struggled to compete with cheaper global supplies due to surging prices brought on by three straight years of drought across the Southern Plains. The USDA has projected the U.S. to be the fifth largest global wheat exporter this year. However, the U.S. is also forecast to import 3.7 million tons of wheat, the most in six years. Yeah, the wheat setup in terms of the U.S. is weird. So I think that these stories, and this is like the third or fourth time we've reported on something like this over the last few weeks, um, USDA says we're going to import 135 million bushels of wheat uh, in the new crop marketing year, and we're only going to export 725. 
So like the export program is just not there. Uh, this just speaks to the idea that we're overpriced. You can talk about the crop problems in the Southern Plains all that you want, and we'll, we'll get into ratings here in a few minutes. And there, there's no question in my mind that a good chunk of Kansas and Oklahoma and Texas and Nebraska, I mean, a lot of that is just a total disaster in terms of the crop. But that's not what the market's trading right now, obviously, as uh, some of these wheat contracts make fresh lows. It's pretty ugly stuff. So the U.S. Corn Belt will see very little rain over the next 10 days. This morning's government map is mostly unchanged. Very little rain is expected for central U.S. corn areas. The southern plains will be wetter by comparison. The Euro model through June 9th indicates additional rains for the plains, but very little for the Corn Belt. The extended GFS forecast past uh, June 10th is the area of contention. This longer term forecast has flip-flopped several times in recent days. Yeah, so yesterday at midday, this this extended GFS, which appears to be like your question mark, this thing flip-flopped and went a little bit drier for the central corn belt at midday yesterday. That's why the corn market and new crop futures were able to close off of the lows. It looks a little bit wetter again this morning. Now you've still got this this kind of like dry pocket here in parts of Illinois, uh, Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio, uh, Missouri. They're still on the government website. They updated, updated this yesterday, your uh, rapid onset drop risk, this uh, hazard outlook for the eight to 14 day period. So if if there's a, an, a question mark or an area of contention is, as you said it in regard to weather, it's this period like out past June 10th. It looks nothing's rock solid but it looks fairly solid here that we're going to be fairly dry in the corn belt the next uh, 10 days or so and then beyond that we're looking for cooler temperatures uh, to kind of work their way into the central corn belt here and maybe along with some rainfall but this gfs has flip-flopped you know 10 different times here um, just over the last three or four days and i would expect it to continue to do the same i just i don't know how much of this sell-off is, is weather related or not. The optimist in me says, you know what, corn at least held on to some of Friday's gains yesterday, but we're off sharply to start the day. Uh, maybe the market is starting to believe uh, this GFS, which looks uh, to introduce some rain here around June 10th, 11th, uh, 12th in that time frame. So if you guys are not already subscribed to our premium content, you sure need to do so. Uh, Joe, tell me about the video you put together yesterday. Soybean market's really ugly, guys. I mean, old crop and new crop futures into some fresh lows just this morning. I don't think that has much to do with weather. I mean, maybe a little bit of it has to do with weather, but in yesterday's video, we ran through soybean demand and exports in particular. It's just kind of a, an ugly looking picture. Um, there's a lot of uh, pessimism out there. The new crop book of sales is not good. I had a lot of good charts. If you guys want to see this video, along with all the weather stuff we've been doing, along with those uh, Sunday pre-open weather videos, go to standardgrain.com. You can sign up for the premium subscription today. Um, this is a $50 per month deal. You can uh, cancel it any time there's no other fee there's no other obligation nobody will try to sell you anything else just a ton of information uh direct from us uh, every single business day guys and on sundays during the summer U.S. soybean planting remains ahead of schedule. The crop was 83% planted nationally through Sunday versus 66% last week and 65% on average. States that are 70% planted or less include North Dakota, Tennessee, and North Carolina. The crop is 56% emerged nationally versus 36% last week and 40% on average. 
this quick planting pace in regard to beans, maybe it's maybe it's a contributing factor to the weakness here. I know some people think that maybe we've uh, picked up or will ultimately pick up some bean acres in North Dakota in particular. North Dakota is 53% planted, which is actually pretty close to average. They'd be 55 on average. The idea being, you know, they probably lost some corn acres, didn't get in on time. Maybe some of it shifts to beans. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. If you guys have thoughts on that, uh, drop it in the uh, YouTube comments here. Jump back to uh, corn conditions real quick. U.S. corn conditions are below average. USDA rated the crop 69% good to excellent nationally in its initial rating of the year versus 72% on average. States with a good to excellent rating of 65% or below include South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, and Pennsylvania. The crop was 92% planted through Sunday versus 81% last week and 84% last year. 69% uh, good to excellent initial rating. The trade was looking for 71, so this was slightly worse than what the trade had expected. Generally speaking, there's not a very strong correlation between your like early season good to excellent ratings and final yields. The, that correlation just isn't there um, on average over time. I mean, there are exceptions to that, of course, but um, I, I wouldn't read too much into that. Your worst corn growing states in terms of uh, good to excellent, Kansas was 52%, Missouri was 55 Pennsylvania was 34 That's the worst one of any major corn growing state. Uh, U.S. winter wheat conditions have improved once again. The crop is rated 34% good to excellent nationally versus 31% last week and 46% on average. Oklahoma jumped to 30% good to excellent from 20 from 10% last week. Kansas was unchanged at 10% good to excellent. Better ratings in the Midwest and Pacific Northwest are offset by mostly poor ratings in the Southern Plains. The crop is 72% headed versus 61% last week and 73% on average. The U.S. spring wheat crop is 85% planted nationally versus 64% last week and 86% on average. That's a hell of a jump for Oklahoma on the week. We went from 10% good to excellent up to 30% good to excellent. I know they did catch some rain, certainly. Part of me says that maybe that was too late in the season. I don't know. That's a big That's a big jump for one week. We've seen some weird stuff like that. I think we saw similarly big jumps in, uh, I think it was South Dakota and Nebraska like last week. So you can see some big volatility in these ratings, I guess, in uh, some of these states. So overall, I mean, no, the HRW crop's not going to be good. Maybe uh, these rains have, have brought some improvement in some areas. U.S. corn shipments were down slightly on the week. USDA reported that 1.3 million metric tons of corn were inspected for export during the week ending May 25th. The print was down 1% on the week and down 7% versus the same week last year. Accumulated corn shipments for the current marketing year are down 32% versus the same time period last year. Soybean shipments increased 44% from the previous week, totaling 239,736 metric tons. Wheat shipments were reported at 382,031 metric tons, decreasing 13% versus the previous week. This corn number here, this 1.3, I mean, it's not terrible, but it's below the same week last year. It's below where we need to be if we're going to hit USDA projections. So I think a lot of people believe that uh, USDA will need to come down again with their corn number. Similar stuff for soybeans below last year, really not where we need to be to hit projections. I think more people are talking as if USDA may need to also reduce uh, their soybean export projections. So there's just not a lot of uh, good demand news really anywhere uh, this week or recently. 
A flock of drones struck residential buildings in Moscow on Tuesday for the first time since the Ukraine war began. Moscow is, of course, blaming the attack on Ukraine, but Ukraine denies responsibility. The attacks, according to a Kremlin spokesman, were carried out in retaliation for recent, re recent Russian attacks on Ukraine. Over the past three days, Russia has launched missile and drone attacks on Ukraine, targeting the headquarters of Ukraine's military intelligence. Increasing violence on Russian soil could lead Russian supporters, such as China, to provide more lethal aid. I feel like this should be a bigger story, and it's not, that there's actually an attack on Russian soil now. Mm -hmm. And if it's not Ukraine, then who is it? You know, oh, I mean, is, is this a false flag deal? I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, the, I'll tell you this, Russia's the biggest wheat export around the planet. They essentially set the price and the wheat market has uh, totally fallen apart here just to start off the week. So um, the, the market uh, either just uh, didn't get the memo on this story or just doesn't believe it or doesn't care. But uh, I feel like if this is the real deal, maybe it should be a bigger story. Maybe there's more Russian retaliation. We've been told the war is going to escalate. Is this the beginning of that escalation? Maybe. I don't know. But it's been kind of buried at the at, in the headlines here. And, and we kind of buried it today, too, because it just hasn't. Hasn't been a market mover whatsoever. Uh, what about the cattle market yesterday? Yeah, cattle futures had a bang-up day on Tuesday. Feeder yes. cattle futures closed an average of 324 higher. Live cattle futures closed an average of 153 higher. Um, choice box beef ended the day up 103, uh, ended at 304.96, and select ended the day at 287.77, up 285 on the day. U.S. dollar is a little bit higher this morning. Stock market's off just a little bit. The S&P's off 10. The Dow Jones off 50 points. Bonds up a little bit. Precious metals mixed. Crude oil getting hammered again. Down 202 in the July WTI at 67.42. Have a great day, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you Thursday.